Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's episode of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, which is so good. The sneak preview for that finale looks incredible. I cannot wait. And as an audience member, I think this season is so fun because my allegiances, I speak for myself, have been changing all throughout the season. So last week on the podcast, I was throwing Meredith Marks under the bus and saying, yeah, she's guilty. Now, that's not to say she hasn't been guilty of things in the past. Certainly, I think a time or two she might have hopped on Instagram and perhaps send out a DM or two from a burner account alongside Brooks and Seth. Perhaps that did happen in the past. However, when it comes to this season situation with the Monica DMs and everything going on, I'm suddenly back on Meredith Marks' side. And what I've come to conclude is that the reason she's coming across so guilty these past couple of weeks is because of her reaction, her response to all the women accusing her of this thing. She just seems like she's not really breathing in. Even last week after that dinner party, the pirate party dinner, they were all standing around that table as they were leaving. We saw that shot of Meredith Marks just on her phone texting or whatever. And it seemed like she didn't even give a shit. And then we learned this week after that pirate dinner, they went back to the hotel grounds and just were eating cake. Meredith Marks was singing happy birthday to Monica right in the room there. (laughs) Just singing happy fucking birthday to Monica after they all accused her of these heinous things to do to uh, them. So I think it's her reaction. And look, I don't know why she's reacting so subdued. This week on the show, I guess she gave a little bit more of something, but she's been seeming subdued. And I don't know if she just found a stray pill and back of her purse and popped it on the way to the cast trip. But something happened because Meredith Marks is always a little bit uh, maybe uh, playing, um, what's the proper term I'm looking for? Maybe she's always operating on an alternate plane is the nicest way I could say that. Uh, but specifically on this cast trip in Bermuda, which I do feel bad for her because what an awful girl's trip this is for Meredith Marks. I mean, she didn't get, <laughs> didn't get the bathtub. Everybody's accusing her of these awful things. She don't like nobody. And uh, so it really is when you, when you take a bird's eye view and you look at a girl's trip like this, you're like, what the fuck? Why would anyone go on vacation like this? A bunch of people that hate you and you hate them. And they're all accusing you of, of these things. You got to ride on the Sprinter van every time you want to go to an excursion in the hotel grounds. And on that Sprinter van, I don't know if you caught this week, but Monica, you guys, Monica was shaving the gams on the Sprinter van they were all riding in. Now, ladies, here's the here's the deal. I support you all doing whatever you need to do when you need to do it, getting your whatever you got to do done when you need to do it. You're all busy gals, especially moms out there. Monica's a mom and she's on a girl's trip. She might not have had time before she got on this girl's trip to shave the gams. However, that does not mean you could just be willy-nilly shaving off your leg hairs uh, in the middle of this group van that we all got to ride in. That poor guy who's uh, driving the van, he's probably the one who's going to have to clean up her leg hairs on the bus. And then also think about it, when they're getting back on that bus after their, I don't know, jet ski or wherever they're going... And I, if I was one of them, I'd be looking at the chair that Monica just uh, 
shaved her gams in. And I say, I definitely don't want to sit there because I know some of Monica's legs hair, leg hair is going to get on me. Now, it might have just been a little stubble or something, but I don't want to be like getting back to my room on a vacation and then looking down at my hands or something and seeing like little tiny hairs and thinking, oh, that's my friend's leg hair that she shaved on the fucking van that we all got to share the ride share that we're all in. <laughs> like to me, that was like more egregious than whether or not she made up a fake burner account on Instagram and then found people's tax liens and then leaked it to different people. Because I would much rather somebody leak my, I don't know, I, what is what is she saying about Angie's taxes or IRS? Or, I don't fucking know. But I'd much rather that be leaked than somebody just uh, shaving them legs right in the van I got to get into on a cast trip. Uh, and meanwhile, this is a working vacation, right? This, As we established with Meredith, this is a working trip. Meredith don't want to be there. Most of them probably don't want to be there, but certainly Meredith don't want to be on a a sprinter van with someone shaving their legs in the seat that you might have to use on the way home. I mean, it's just unacceptable. So that's way worse. And I'm actually quite surprised. And ladies, again, I know I'm probably going to get some push. I'm going to get some heat. I'm going to get some heat right before the holidays. I'm going to, you guys are going to get mad at me because, you know, I always am trying to stick up for the gals, but when it comes to shaving your gams on the group sprinter van that we all got to ride in, I would not be having it. I'm shocked that none of the other women were seemingly that upset about it. They all maybe looked a little sideways at her, but for the most part, I think they kind of like laughed it off. And I thought, girls, this is a girl's trip. Wait, speaking of girl's trip, can we talk about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girl's Trip that's airing right now? Uh, you guys, I love it. I love it. I love seeing the Roni women back. I'm so happy to have the gals back in my life. Uh, Ramona, Luann, Dorinda, Sonia, Kristen, and Kelly are in the cast. It's so good. The first few episodes are out. It's so nice to just hear Luann casually speaking French. And when she wakes up in the morning, she's like, ooh la la. Like, I felt... I feel like spiritually, I don't even know if she's actually said this, but Luann just saying, ooh la la. Like, I feel like I've heard a lot of ooh la la's out of Luann in this trip, which is thrilling. I do wish they would have taken a trip to Scary Island instead of going back to this resort. Remember, of course, we've, we've seen these gals stay or some of them stay at this resort back when Aviva was in the cast. And so it's nice to have them going back to a location they've been before, but it should have been the Scary Island house, right? And I'm assuming they just couldn't get clearance to that location or that property. Otherwise, for sure, it would have been in Scary Island because as it stands, I guess they're making a big deal out of the pirate thing. But I I really think they should have gone back to the actual Scary Island. Uh, However, it seems like Kelly doesn't need to be on Scary Island because she is on this island and she's still giving us what she gave us on Scary Island because I don't ever fucking understand what she's saying. I don't get what Kelly is. I, I don't understand Kelly. She's someone I just don't get. And I've said that about Whitney Wild Rose and the Real Salt Lake City too, but I just, I, I, I can't grasp what's happening in their heads. And that makes me uneasy because I feel like otherwise I'm a pretty good, I get a good read on people or a good judge of character, I think. I don't know. Um, but uh, Kristen is extra messy, which was unexpected. I'm happy she got in there and she's earning that check and she's doing good. And then what else? We got Dorinda in that room. I can watch Dorinda trying to find the closet and the cabinets and open them, them doors in that room forever, you guys. I've never been uh, happier than watching her walk around that room. That <laughs> It looks like a, one of those psychiatric rooms or they put crazy people in, you know? And, and quite honestly, maybe production did that on purpose. I don't know. Um, but I'm happy they did. I'm glad for it. I'm better for it. I have been changed for good, in the words of the Wicked soundtrack. Uh, and then what else? Uh, it's just so good. So watch it. If you haven't watched Ultimate Girls Trip, just enjoy. And they better do this fucking every year. I better get those Rony gals on a trip every year. I know we got our new Rony women. I'm glad. Great. Grand. But I'm also going to need our Rony legacy women to be filming something. Just throw them at Bluestone Manor uh, once a year and lock them in that house and film it. Okay. 
That's what I need. So I'm tired of playing games now. Bravo, you hear me? We're going into 2024, and I will not stand for anything less than once a year getting those women back on screen together on some sort of vacation. I would kind of like to see them in New York, though. I'm not trying to say take away the new Roni. I'm just saying we got to figure something out here. Like, I'm not the executive. That's for the Bravo people to figure out, not me. But figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, okay, so back to Salt Lake City, you guys. This is the last, uh, by the way, last everything iconic brand new episode of the year. We'll be back in early January to cover more Bravo stuff and hopefully have some great special guests and all that good stuff. But this podcast episode will be the last new one of 2023. So thank you all, everybody who listened 2023, everybody who came out to see me when I was on tour and who bought my books. I'm just so incredibly grateful. This was this was a, a crazy year, exciting uh, Good things happen, bad things happen, but that's how every year is, isn't it? But I'm so incredibly grateful that you all tune into this podcast, and uh, we had so many new listeners this year. Thank you, Scandaval, for all of that, and uh, we hope I we I hope you enjoy the podcast. But let's get into the Real House of Salt Lake City. You guys, we're still in Bermuda. Only one episode left. This is the end, you guys, and I'm depressed about it. I thought the season was so good, and the fact that we're we're not only on day three in Bermuda, they've gotten three and a half episodes out of this Bermuda trip, which is fantastic. If I'm a producer, I'm looking at these gals and saying, good job, because they got three plus episodes out of this one cast trip. They're averaging one episode a day, which is usually how they film those uh, Ultimate Girls trips. It's like one episode per day. So they get a lot of bang for their buck. But as we've said on this podcast before, sometimes these women go on one of them cast trips and they get a half an episode. Remember when the Beverly Hills women went to France? It was like a half an episode or something. Nothing nothing, nothing happened. And they sent them all the way to France. And so, you know, Bravo HQ is thrilled that they're getting three plus episodes out of these Salt Lake City women because their paychecks are probably low, too. <laughs> That's mean. But compared to the Beverly Hills women, the Salt Lake City women just aren't making as much as Beverly Hills, right? So that wasn't... That wasn't meant to be shady. Um, okay, so then we have, we open on Bermuda day three. They're getting uh, ready for the day. Lisa says, An- another Bermudaful day. Bermudaful. I love Lisa. I love Lisa. And I'm sad for Lisa because now the sun's away. She's she's in a very raw and emotional place because the, she's an empty nester now. And so I was feeling for her because as I've said uh, again on this podcast, when that happens to me, I don't have kids yet, but when that happens to me, if this podcast is still going, just know that it's going to be a fucking mess. I'm going to be an emotional mess in, I don't know, 22 years or whenever this happens. Because when my kids go away, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. So just know that if we're talking about the Real Houses of Miami season 40, just know that I'm going to be a mess that season. So I'm telling you now in advance, tune out that podcast season because I will not be good to listen to unless you like you're in a blubbering mess. Uh, okay, so then we cut to Heather and Monica meet up. I was so distracted by Heather's look. She had the sunglasses on that matched the headphones. I just couldn't wrap my brain around this because I feel like that was planned because she was filming. And so I think she knew she was going to be on camera and that she would have the matching headphones with the glasses. But it just... I was also thrown off by Monica and the jeans on the beach because I've never, I don't know, the jeans on the beach. What are you feeling about Monica? Because I'm turning on Monica. There's just so much that's not adding up for me with Monica. And I do believe that when the mom was around, we were also distracted by the mom that we felt bad for Monica and she was putting herself in this victim narrative, I think likely because of the mother. I don't know who to believe anymore. I'm like, is the mom nuts? Is Monica nuts? Are they both nuts? Are we, am I the nuts one? Like, who's the nuts one? Who's the fucking nuts one? Well, I know I'm the nuts one too, but 
Okay, so on this walk on the beach, Heather and Monica are talking about the DM situation, and Monica says she would do something like that. She literally flat out says, smoke and gun, she says, I would do that. And I think that's weird. And I maybe it was a little bit of a joke, but I do believe that Monica is the one behind these DMs. That's what I think they're telling us on the screen as this is being shown to us. And I still think there's something else, too, by the way. I think in the finale, which isn't going to come until early January, I think there is something crazier that we don't even know about. I'm not talking about the Beauty Lab and Laser situation. I'm not talking about the DMs with Monica. I have heard that there might be something else. And I don't know if that's true, but I'm telling you to you all right now on a podcast because I heard it, so you're hearing it now, too. Because I think there's something else, something else. Um, but Heather says, look, it happens all the time with strangers. Like, they DM us and say things about other people in our cast. But she says it's betrayal when it's someone in the group. And I kind of get that. And I was always against the idea of like all of the women saying we're not filming with one person, right? You can't do that. It doesn't work for the show. But I do understand like if there are kind of these behind the scenes mechanics happening and if it is true that they're all being uh, spearheaded by Monica, then I would understand all the other women saying we're not going to film with her anymore. And really, I think the only way to bring her back then is vis-a-vis Mary, because Mary, uh, she is still on Monica's side. Mary did show up at the reunion for a short segment, apparently. Uh, so we're going to see that play out. But I've seen interviews with Mary Cosby where she says, um, I like M- Monica. And so those two are going to be the only allies. And so I don't know, maybe Mary was playing the long game as a friend of. And so she was saddling up on close to Monica because she knew Monica was going to need someone. They're going to have to give Mary that full-time contract again. So what did Mary know? Mary, what did you know? And when did you know it? That's my question for you always. And I miss Mary. I wish they could have thrown her on this trip. I mean, come on, throw her in that sprinter van with Monica's uh, gam hair and <laughs> see what happens. Mic her up. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then uh, Meredith calls Seth on the phone this morning, and she says, I'm struggling a little bit. This has not been an easy time. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. What a shitty vacation you've had. I wish Seth would have just said, no shit. You shouldn't have gone on vacation with these women. They're all your enemy. <laughs> They're not your friend. But at least she's getting paid. Uh, then we see Whitney and Angie playing tennis. I tried to learn, I guess... One of them was not that great or took lessons a long time ago. I tried to learn tennis once with Matt. You know, he played tennis all growing up, and he actually taught differently abled kids tennis. And yet when he was trying to teach me, he said it was too difficult to teach me. He said, I can't do it. And then we got in a big fight and went home. So it was like a one-time lesson. And that was it. That was the end of my... And I do believe that couples should not do something like that. That was a mistake on my part. That was really on me. Because I don't think that couples should do events like that where it's like one person's got to teach the other person, not after a couple years, not after six months of a relationship. Maybe in those early parts of the relationship, one or the other could teach the other their skill set. But after one year, two year, three years, certainly five plus years, you do not want to do that. You do not want to do it. You're asking for trouble because you're just going to get in a big old fight and you're going to be like Tamara Judge on The Real House of Orange County. You're going to say, I want a divorce. Remember when she told Simon in the back of that limo? I, that's like one of those things. <laughs> that's one of those sayings from Bravo that just plays in my head all the time. Like, I want a divorce. Like, it just plays. I don't even know if, I don't know when's the last time I saw that full episode, but just Tamara in the back with them early 2000s sunglasses she was wearing in the back of that limousine with Simon, that demon. She's, I want a divorce. I want a divorce. Uh, so it sits with me. 
That's something that'll sit with me forever. I've seen a lot of these new Oscar movies. You know, we're hitting the end of the year. I've seen a lot of these real dramatic-y Oscar movies that are supposed to be so good. And I've seen a lot of them, and none of them have anything that stick with me, quite like uh, Tamara in the back of that fucking limousine yelling, I want a divorce! Or now Whitney Wild Rose talking about her badge. You exploited my vagina in your book! You guys, Whitney just reaches to me. She's so extra. So, And we're going to get to that. But she just does too much. And I don't get it. And like, what was she talking about with the fucking book thing? Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, they talk about Meredith. Uh, Angie and Whitney, as they're playing tennis, talk about Meredith. Uh, Angie's losing a little bit of her luster for me. I was really into her for a couple episodes, and now I feel like she's back in flop zone. So that's not good. But hopefully she'll step it back up again for maybe the reunion or something. Uh, but Whitney says that she's mad that Heather uh, put uh, stuff about her in the book. Now, I read the book. I read Heather's Bad Mormon. So I do feel like an expert on this topic as someone as, – because I'm sure a lot of you bought that book, but I, how many of you actually read it? I know. I know. Be honest with yourselves. How many of you purchased that thing off Amazon and then put it on a shelf and never picked it up? Be honest. Be honest. I know a lot of you are raising your hands. Well, guess what? I actually read it. I sat my ass down and I read that fucking book. And not once when I was reading that chapter about Whitney, because there's also so many intense things in there about the Mormon religion and everything that Heather's gone through in her life. So like the one little tiny section that was about Whitney Wild Rose, which it wasn't even really about Whitney Wild Rose. It was just like, I think it was like Heather talking about her other castmates briefly, how they she knew them, and it felt all very respectful, at least when I was reading it, as I recall. Uh, but when it came to Whitney, she was just saying, like, yeah, she was shooting Whitney's boudoir photos, which I've never heard the word boudoir so many times in my life than this episode of The Real Salt Lake City. Who uses the word boudoir? And I say that as someone who last week on the podcast used the word doily. I just don't think we use these words that often, but certainly not boudoir. And also, I mean, I have some other questions about just Heather shooting her cousin's boudoir photos, because that's honestly a little weird. That's weird. But what's more weird is Whitney just getting so mad about it. And I don't even think Whitney's mad about it. I think she's trying to have this dramatic moment. She says uh, in her confessional then, she's trying to conflate Heather not wanting to talk about her sex life and her daughter's sex life to this thing about the boudoir thing. And it's like, they're totally different things. Like, yeah, Heather doesn't want to talk about her daughter getting railed on a microphone on camera for you all, all your, her enemies. Like she don't even, she probably don't even like the rest of you guys. So why would she want to be talking about her daughter's sex life? Uh, so, and then also with Heather's sex life, she just don't want to talk about it. And I get, I mean, as someone who was raised, I was raised in a Catholic grade school and going to church and everything. There is a lot of like internal sex shame. That's why I always say on this podcast, like we're sex positive here because I grew up with that, that Catholic guilt and Catholic shame and you, no one talks about sex stuff. And so it is ingrained in you in a lot. So I maybe have gone the opposite way where I'm constantly talking about getting on my knees. Ladies, am I right? But. <laughs> I'm always talking about sitting on Santa's lap metaphorically. You know what I mean? I love Christmas. But I understand how like you could want to put that deep down and never discuss it. And it's just not the same as Heather saying like an actual thing that happened to me was I shot photos for my cousin's boudoir shoot, which again is a crazy ass sentence, but it's certainly a different thing than wanting to tell a bunch of people on camera about your sex life. But Whitney, it's just just such a stretch. She just, it's such a stretch. And I, I don't, this is where Whitney loses me. Cause it's like, we got enough going on with, like, we don't need you at the end of the episode when she's chasing Ms. Gay around that uh, bar parking lot. And she's just yelling about her exploiting her vagina. You exploited my vagina in 
And Heather's like, look, I just need a little, what it was the phrasing she used. I need to have a think. She's like, I need to have a think. She, she said it in very unhinged. I need a think. And meanwhile, Whitney's just chasing her around like, you exploited my vagina in your book. And it's like, Whit, nobody exploited your vagina in the book. I don't even think she said the word vagina once. She just said like, I'm taking her boudoir photos. Maybe I need to reread that book. But certainly there wasn't like a whole lot in there. And I, uh, I don't know. Whitney just loses me. Maybe some of you sided with Whitney on that one. You're going to yell at me in the DMs. Just save it because I'm not interested. Because I think that Whitney was just trying too hard to have a moment. And I'm not saying that there weren't some validity to some of Whitney's feelings. But she was very clearly just trying to have a moment because Heather's trying to get off camera. And you know these housewives, they always want to be on camera. So they're not often running away from them. And yet here is Heather running away from the camera. I mean, we're going to get there too, because there was like a lot of awkward physical staging at this moment too, <laughs> because there was like Heather kind of tried to push Whitney and then she fell, then Heather fell over when she was trying to get, I mean, it was like a lot of clunky, clunky physical comedy, clunky, which by the way, the Real House's Ultimate Girls Trip to, uh, or the Roni edition, they deliver physical comedy. Better than anyone I've seen. They're better than any physical comedy movie or broad comedy movie I've seen this year in theaters or otherwise. The Roni Legacy Women is delivering, they're delivering just like very good slapstick comedy. Just watch The Fall or I don't know what they just do all sorts of like watching Sonia Morgan just be physical, like getting in like a hot tub on a yacht or something. Like it's perfect. It's perfect. And not anyone could do that. Not anyone could do that. We've seen a lot of dramatic actors try their hand at comedy and they can't do half of what Sonia Tremont Morgan's doing over there on Real House's Ultimate Girls Trip. So good for her. And the Salt Lake City women, again, are giving me physical comedy. It's just maybe not as comedic because it's uh, instead of Sonia Morgan flopping in a, in a yacht hot tub, it's Whitney Wild Rose chasing Heather Gay around yelling, you exploited my vagina. You exploited my vagina in your book. You exploited my vagina. And what was, what was last week? She's always trying to have one of those moments. What was last week? She was like looking at Monica. She's like, I love you, Monica. <laughs> it was something. It was something. She's always like being so dramatic. It's like, cool. it. We got enough going on on this show that we don't need like a, if it was a boring season, I'd be all for Whitney Wild Rose, like doing these unhinged moments for TV. Like, give it to me because we need it. But this season, I don't need it. We got enough going on. So, Whitney, cool it. I don't know. That's maybe mean. That's mean. I always feel like I'm being mean to Whitney Wild Rose. And it's just because maybe I see myself in her. And so, I don't, maybe isn't that what they say when someone's the mirror to you? You don't take it kindly. So, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But we switch because last week I was uh, I was hating Meredith Marks, and now this week I'm like back on board with Mer- Meredith Marks. So there you go. Um, okay, so then what else is going on? The women do get ready to leave for a yacht. Speaking of a yacht, Angie almost misses the boat. She was just did you see her kind of like running in them heels? And she was did she have takeout or something? This was when they got on that on the Sprinter van, and uh, Monica was shaving the legs. And she, Angie said, uh, just don't do the cooch on board. She said, just don't do the cooch on board. So she's right. I mean, we didn't want, we have to draw the line somewhere. And certainly they weren't going to say anything about her shaving the legs on this uh, sprinter van. But Angie did mention, like, if it goes to the cooch, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem. In the words of Dorinda Bentley. Uh, okay, so then Angie also reveals that as they're going to this yacht, she said, the last time I was on a boat with these ladies, my shoes just went overboard. And of course, then they flash back to when Jen Shaw just simply threw Angie K's shoes overboard on the boat, which was so fucking nuts that, that she sh- that's why she's in prison. That's one of the reasons. One of her many crimes is that 
<laughs> one of Jen's many crimes is that she just fucking tossed Angie K's shoes in the, and then remember she just like dumped champagne and Angie K just took it. I can't even believe they brought Angie K back after all of that, because if I'm a producer on the show and I'm watching somebody not even react to somebody throwing their shoes overboard and then dumping champagne, I guess Angie reacted a little, but like, come on, if somebody does that to you in real life, like you'd be pissed. Even I, I'm not a confidential person, but if somebody just dumped champagne on my head or threw my fucking shoes overboard on a boat, I would be pissed. And so the fact that she didn't really acknowledge that and then they brought her back full time, it's like, that's crazy. That's bold. That's bold to these producers. Uh, but anyway, then Meredith, uh, when they get on this boat, she says she's being iced out. So she perhaps decided to take more purse painkillers and sit on a chair on the yacht by herself, allegedly. No, we don't. <laughs> I keep saying purse painkillers. It's a joke. I don't really know that anyone on this cast has taken some stray purse painkillers. Uh, but sometimes on some of these shows, not saying this one, but sometimes on some of these shows you watch and you think, did somebody find a stray pill in their purse and just pop it before getting on camera, getting in front of the red light? Huh? Anyone? I think maybe. I think maybe. Oh, by the way, did you guys see that interview with Denise where she says, I'm not going to say where she did the interview, but she did an interview where she said she just allegedly had like one drink before that dinner party. And then, uh, maybe some cold medicine because she had a cold. And I'm like, Denise, d- it, you either had a whole bottle of DayQuil and then went to the weed party. Or, I mean, there's no way it was just like one little mucinex or something. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm someone, believe me, if I take a little DayQuil, I can be a little loopy. Or NyQuil makes me loopy. But that's the recommended dose makes you a little loopy. But I don't think Denise Richards just had the two tablespoons of DayQuil and then popped into that dinner party. Like, something else was happening there. And I feel crazy that I'm just supposed to be believing that you had uh, one cocktail with the Mucinex. And that's not it. what happened. That's not what I saw. That's not what my eyes saw. And, I, again, I love Denise. I love her. And I want her back on the show full time. But I don't, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. I don't know. All these women lie to our faces. Anyway, I love them. Um, okay, so then let's see. Oh, when they got on this yacht, there was this little moment where Whitney, um, she like rides the railing like a stripper pole, and it was just cracking me up. And it, I know I turn on Whitney Wild Rose a lot, but when I was seeing her just do uh, ride the railing of the yacht like it was a stripper pole, and then Monica's like, Whitney, don't ruin the boat. And Lisa just goes, well, she's athletic. And I just thought it was perfect comedy. It was perfect. Um, you guys, should we take a break here? Let's take a break. And then we're going to come back. We have so much more to talk about. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Thank you to Acast. My book, The Jolly Sponge, is out now. Get it for a holiday gift. Makes a great stocking stuff where you could still order from Amazon, I believe, if you're a Prime member and get it delivered to you. Or there's an audiobook. And we'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
All you got to do is fill out this quick brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back. Did you know that it's $7 for a naked bundle of Denise Richards on OnlyFans? Okay, you guys, back to the Real House of Salt Lake City. We still have so much more to talk about because we're just getting into the Monica and Meredith of it all because Meredith then reveals to us as the audience that she actually thinks Monica is the one behind all this DM stuff because Monica brought up this stuff and she's throwing it all on Meredith. But Meredith, I believe, is like trying to get all her ducks in a row. So I think that's what's going through Meredith's head in these episodes is that she's trying to figure out, okay, when did Monica say this? She's trying to get all the receipts. And I think next week on the show, she's going to throw Monica under the bus. I could be wrong about that, but I do feel like Meredith is just sort of collecting information. She's maybe waiting for allegedly the stray purse pills to wear off. So she'd be clear headed and uh, maybe get a bath in. Maybe she asked production, hey, can you put me in a room with a bath? And then next week, she's going to come in swinging. I feel it. I feel it. But it's Shakespearean because we were all led to believe that Monica was right and that Meredith was the one doing this. And I don't know. Maybe they're tricking us again. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm getting stressed about it. I'm fucking pissed, actually. Not stressed and pissed because I'm just realizing that we have to wait until early January to see this finale. I'm so fucking pissed. The way they, the way they drag us along throughout the holiday season. How are we supposed to concentrate on anything? I'm supposed to have a New Year's Eve and be concentrated on that, on a countdown to a new year. When I got to be thinking about what's happening in Bermuda with the Salt Lake City gals, I'm going to see, isn't Andy Cohen going to be on CNN this year? I'm going to have to call up CNN live and say, Andy, give us the episode. Give us the episode, CNN. If you want us to tune into the CNN New Year's Eve live with Andy and Anderson, then maybe you should air that finale episode, right? Smack dab in the middle, and then I'll be tuning in. And by the way, CNN, while we're here and I'm giving you notes, you need to let those two gays drink. I need to see those two homos drunk. It is New Year's Eve. Last year, remember, they wouldn't let him drink. And I'm not, I'm not saying you need to 
get them blacked out or anything. Or we it should obviously be appropriate, but it's New Year's Eve, and it was always so fun when you let them have a couple of cocktails. And then last year on the show, you made them go stone cold sober. And so just let them have some cocktails. Let them have some goddamn cocktails. It's New Year's Eve. Let the gays drink. I mean, come on. Uh, these men, these trailblazing gay men. <laughs> these two homos have broke so many glass ceilings, and you're not even letting them drink on New Year's Eve in their natural habitat. New Year's Eve for a gay is when they're drinking. Let them booze. Come on, after all the glass ceilings they broke, now you're going to tell them they can't have a cocktail on New Year's Eve when you hire them to host. Come on. Come on. Uh, what was I saying? Anyway. Well, that was one of the other things I love about Ultimate Girls Trip is when Kelly kept saying <laughs> that Kristen Takeman was being like Andy Cohen. Because Kristen Takeman went in and she like knew all the episodes and stuff, which I didn't find odd, perhaps because I know all these episodes too. So I'm like, oh, good. Kristen did her homework. She understands the show. And quite frankly, everybody should be watching all of the old Rony episodes because they're magic. So if you are someone out there who has never seen early seasons of Rony or you've never seen the Scary Island vacation episodes, which I loved watching Dorinda watch Scary Island, uh, you guys, I got goosebumps just saying that. I got goosebumps just saying it. Just saying it. I got chills. You guys could see my arms right now. The hairs are standing right up. They're at full, full throttle or full erect, fully erect. I'm fully erect. I'm fully erect just thinking about it because it's just fantastic TV. Um, okay, you guys, I'm all over the place today. It's the holidays. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. So then they do dock this yacht, and the I believe the captain, Jameson, a lot of cute men here around this episode, a lot of cute men. One of them was named, I believe, Jameson, and he says, oh, I got some tacos for you. And, oh, gosh, this is going to be tough to say. I'm a little concerned with the budget on The Real House of Salt Lake City. I know I talked about the cast maybe not getting uh, exactly what The Real House of Beverly Hills women get paid. But last week on the show, you remember, they set up for Monica's birthday, and it was like a lot of Party City streamers. And then they went to a beach with some lawn chairs and had some sandwiches for the gals. And they were all so impressed by these sandwiches. Remember, Lisa Barlow was like, oh, my God, Heather, you, did, you thought of everything. And I thought that was like a little, we're on like a, what's supposed to be the main cast trip of the season. We normally see them eating these like gorgeous meals. And so that was like, a, it threw me off a little bit. But then this week on the show, when they docked that yacht and then Jameson threw him some uh, taco buffets, I just something about it, it felt like Chipotle catering. It was giving catered by Chipotle. And so I worried about their insides. I worried about where they were going from here. And I just wanted them to have something a little bit fancier. And I want to see them not eating their lunches on like random lawn chairs in gorgeous locations. And I don't know, something, it just felt like it was giving craft service. It was giving Chipotle craft service. Um, but then Monica does get pulled aside by Meredith. And Meredith says, uh, let me see if I got this right. She says, so I don't know how you, this is what you got. I said it was enough, you know. This is a new DM. Andrew K and the Mafia. And they're saying, I got a text and I got a DM from someone. I don't even go on. Mafia? And so then. <laughs> so Meredith said something like that to Monica. And Monica said, What? And then Meredith said, uh, You know how many things to become. I said, um, Angela K is in the movie. And then it was in the DMs. And I never said, And all those things are true. And so, as Monica's trying to understand, she didn't um, maybe quite get what Meredith was saying. But Lisa from across the boat said very clearly, she said, Meredith, stop lying. Just across the way, just sticking up for Monica from across that big ass boat. 
(laughs) You're busted. Admit it. Lisa was shouting. And uh, I was also very focused on Lisa's, I believe, spray tan. Was it a spray? Was she? That didn't seem like a natural tan. Was I just noticing for the first time? Has everyone else seen it? I felt like Lisa had just a very aggressive spray tan on. Um, And I know on the show, we've seen her have maybe some issues with the, or, or the, is it a spray tan or is it something else? Remember on the one reunion where she had it all of her hands? You know, God bless these um, people who clean the couches at the reunion and after these women go on their cast trips. Because we do remember Barb on The Real House of New York. Remember she left that spray tan all over the couch and the furniture? I hope they paid for that. Anyway, uh, yeah, the spray tan was aggressive, but maybe I was just noticing it. Um, but I do, uh, something's going on. Whitney says, I believe, Mo-, this is when Whitney gives another dramatic performance. She says, I believe Monica, because I participated in such a thing last year. So Whitney is saying, I am siding with Monica because Whitney feels like Meredith made her do the dirty work last year and find documents or bring out information about the other women. And so Whitney is now finding another in to have a dramatic moment. And so again, it's just giving extra. It's giving too much. It's giving calm down Whitney because she just says, I believe Monica. I participated in such a thing last year. I believe her. And it's like, okay. We're not looking for you to give your Norma Ray moment. Like, <laughs> calm, down. calm down. Maybe it's like natural and it just feels unnatural to me. But every time she's speaking, I know Meredith does get activated a little bit. She says, don't narrate me. Don't narrate me. And then she finally gets pissed off. She says, I'm getting really fucking pissed off. Uh, but while she was storming off, did you guys notice the dress? Uh, this is my favorite thing of Housewives, the best part of Housewives. She's having this big dramatic moment. And this is what's so true to life. This is what makes these shows so funny. And it gives that added dimension. It gives that genistiqua that you're not getting from a scripted show. Because Meredith's having this big dramatic walk-off. And she's saying, what is she saying? She's like, I'm, don't narrate me. I'm fucking pissed off. And she's trying to have her storming out moment. And as she's storming off, you guys, the dress that she's wearing is flapping up. So you see her her caboose cheeks just out. Like one of the caboose cheeks is just flapping out of that dress. And she's trying to cover it, but she's also trying to have that dramatic runoff, walk-off moment. And that's what makes these shows perfect. It's like that, you can't script something like that. It's like, yeah, she's having what she thinks is going to be this soap opera dramatic moment. And it would if the dress was covering the full caboose. But it wasn't, it was like she was trying to then adjust it as she was walking, you guys. Was, and it happened a few times. It was so good. It was so good. It was very Valerie cherished. Uh, and then Meredith is wondering, why are they all believing Monica over her? And then they decide to have fun. So this is where Angie just puts on Whitney's hair and does a dance, question mark. What's happening with Angie? I don't know. She just lost me again. She lost me. Anyway, Meredith does slur up to Angie. She says, look. <laughs> She says, look, Angie, there's a lot of issues and we need to talk. And so then she pulls aside Angie and Angie says, well, the fact that you're scared of me and Meredith's like, I'm not scared of you. And Meredith just says, Angie is unpleasant every time they talk. She says she's not out to get her. She just uh, is unpleasant. They're not going to be friends. And then Angie says, well, I just thank you. She said, I just wanted you to acknowledge that and I can move forward. And these women, they always just say that. They just want someone to acknowledge it. Just acknowledge my feelings, which I understand. But then sometimes you want not just acknowledgement, but you also want maybe them to not be awful in the future. Do you get what I mean? Um, anyway, I would never talk to someone if they said that I was both in the Greek mafia and had 
tax problems and my husband was maybe sucking dick on the side. If people said all those things, I would probably say, I guess I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. But in the world of The Real Housewives, they have to say things like, that's all I wanted, just for you to acknowledge that you said I have tax issues and my husband's maybe sucking dick on the side. And what was the other thing? Oh, the Greek mafia. So maybe Angie should stick up for herself again and say, I might not want to be friends with someone like that. There was a moment where Angie said something about her business that made me laugh. She's like, I'm respected in Salt Lake because I'm a businesswoman. And everybody just sort of like nodded along. Like the vi- no one said anything, but the vibe of the reaction uh, to Angie K saying that, the vibe was like, okay, Angie. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, Angie. Like everybody's face just was saying, okay, Angie. I loved it. He loved it. Um, okay, so then, uh, let's see. Meredith says, uh, Meredith goes back to the gals, and she says, so Angie and I spoke, and the final conclusion is she's taking it out on me. And so she, <laughs> so Meredith slurred a little joke, and then she did the laugh, the Meredith laugh, which I love. Which is like, ha <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. You guys, I'm going to laugh. It's a very, like, fake laugh, like, It's like a very aggressive fake laugh out of Meredith. And it's my favorite thing she does because it always is so everything that comes out of the mouth is unexpected with Meredith, but especially that laugh, because it was like, I'm not expecting Meredith Marks to be making jokes. Like she's fucking carrot top or Amy Schumer. And then all of a sudden you get some like joke like that. And you're, then she gives you one of those like, I love her. I love her. I'm back on board with Meredith Marks, and I'm proud of her, and I'm proud of Brooks, because Brooks now signed with Ford Models. And so as they're leaving this, despite the fact that Lisa was just shouting across the boat that Meredith's an awful person, uh, she is someone that Meredith's going to buddy up with on that Sprinter van back, you know, in that hair-filled Sprinter van that they're all getting on with Monica's gam hair just on. I wonder if they cleaned it up in between or what. They're just going to find some stubble from Monica's stubble on the van. I hope they're careful when they, no one tripped getting on that bus because that that leg hair, it's just, whoo. Um, okay, so on this Sprinter van, Meredith does talk to Lisa about Brooks signing with foreign models. And Brooks apparently told Meredith to lean into Lisa because he knows who she is and they're friends. They know they have a real friendship. Meanwhile, Monica's getting mad that those two are buddying up because she's feeling like, I thought they were enemies and what's happening now? And then Whitney's trying to get more, she's trying to bait Heather Gay more about the sex stuff. And it's so obvious that Whitney's trying to bait Heather Gay. And I was glad that ultimately Heather was just trying to get away from the conversation. But this is where it actually started for me was on the Sprinter van when Whitney was trying to bait Heather. Because Heather clearly didn't want to talk about it. And Whitney was asking um, if Heather's ever had a good nose go down on her. Because Whitney says, I'm so sorry to say this out loud, but Whitney says her husband has a good nose for going down. So good for him, I suppose. I guess. Was that what she said? A good nose for going down? Was she talking about, I don't even know if I want to know what he was talking, she was talking about. I don't think I need to know. But anyway, she asked Heather, she's like, have you ever had a good nose go down on you? And Heather's like, look, I don't want to talk about this. She's like, you and Monica talk about ass eating all you want, but that's not me. And then that's when Whitney finds she takes that. She's like, oh, Heather took the bait. And so then Whitney says, well, here we go again. Heather's uncomfortable. So she has to shame me instead of empower me. And I was like, Whitney, you brought it up. Like, Heather just didn't want to talk about it. She wasn't trying to shame you. Like, you baited her into doing that. And now you're trying to make it a thing. Like, cool it. It's too much. You brought it the fuck up. (laughs) I never thought I'd be siding with Heather Gay again. Because after last season, Heather Gay had such a terrible season. And now I'm like, God, they're all fucking nuts except Heather Gay. So there we go. 
So then Whitney says to Monica, I believe you, and she's not going to get away with it anymore. We're going to get to the bottom of it tonight, Whitney says, talking like a Batman character. Then we cut to nighttime, and they get to this dinner reservation. That's where Whitney shows up in the restaurant and says, I'm Whitney, and we have a reservation for six. And it's like, no shit, the camera crew's already set up in the back. with the, They got the lighting set up. Like We know where you guys are at. And this happens on all the shows. We say it every week on these podcasts, but it's like crazy every time they show up to a restaurant. Say, I'm... I'm so-and-so, and and I made the reservation. It's like, production made the reservation. They're already set up with the camera crew back there. Why are we putting on this facade? (laughs) Why why are we doing this? Uh, But it happens every time. It happens. And maybe if it didn't happen anymore, I'd probably get mad about it. So there you go. Uh, Anyway, they talk about selfies, and they look on their phone for how many selfies they have. Lisa has 28,000 selfies. I meant to check mine. How many selfies do I have? I don't even know if I want to know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we cut to the dinner table. Monica's got a little bit of migraine. Heather reveals she had Bell's palsy. And also, you guys, by the way, revealed her Costco photo. No one looks good in a Costco photo. I don't believe anybody looks good in a Costco photo. I'm not saying Heather Gay looked bad, but I'm just saying that no people... Uh, they need to fix something with those cameras. I, I, I don't understand... We're in the year of our Lord 2023, and you mean to tell me they can't do a little bit of higher res photo for them Costco cards? I just got one recently, and I'm not saying it's got to look like 4K, but I am saying that maybe we should fix the lighting there, put a ring light on those cameras at Costco, or something, something, or maybe make a full-colored photo instead of the grainy footage photo. Because sometimes you get those cards back, and it looks like you're printing from a Game Boy printer. Remember those back in the day? Like the Game Boy printer that hooked up to your Game Boy, and it would print something on like a receipt paper. I feel like that's basically what Costco photos look like, and we're in 2023, putting a man on the moon, but we can't get a Costco photo that looks a little bit slightly higher res with the ring light as they're taking a photo. I don't know. And it's same with the DMV, too, but I haven't had a DMV photo taken in a while. But I do feel like they should, our tax dollars are paying for something. So let's get some ring lights at these government agencies that got to take our photos, our passport photos, our driver's license photos. Come on, set something up, a nice background. All they got to do, you know, in grade school, when you go take your class picture and they'd have those backgrounds with like the fireworks, or the lasers behind you, just get one of those in every government office that you got to take a photo. So the DM, every DMV should have a background with some lasers from the grade school. And then you go take, and they have a ring light set up, and maybe some very bare bones, uh, a bare, I'm not saying we got to facetune the whole shit out of these photos, but you mean to tell me we can't just put a quick little filter on? I'm not saying, not an aggressive filter, because I know these photos are used to identify us, so we we need to look like ourselves, so I'm not thinking that everybody needs to look like a, a cat or something, a filter, but I do think we could do one of those like very minimalistic filters. You know, like on Instagram, how they have that one where you swipe one way and it's like a very minimalistic, it just kind of like spruces things up. Or on Zoom, there's like a, a way to put a little filter on there and you could, you could drag it by how much filtering you want on the Zoom. And so you could do it just like a little touch. And so these government agencies and the Costco's, like, let's get with the times and just give us a little something to choose from to just make us not look like complete ugly trolls because actually Heather's Costco photo looked much better than mine. She looked good in that one, but for the most part, you guys, nobody looks good. And I just need them. I need Costco photo reform is what I'm trying to say. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called cozy. Now cozy is fantastic. A North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okay, so then they talk uh, at the dinner table about uh, Heather entering the dating scene with Bell's Palsy. I'm always scared of Bell's Palsy because I'm a stressed person. I get stressed pretty easily. And I have friends who have dealt Bell's palsy too when you are not taking care of yourself or when you get really stressed or you have a lot of emotional anxiety. And so for it to happen to Heather right before she enters the dating scene, ugh, ugh, feel you, girl. Um, and then what else happens at this dinner? Meredith randomly cries. And I think Whitney said, what's wrong? And Meredith just says, I don't know. And then, <laughs> I love these shows. Um, okay, so then Lisa cries about Jack, and she says, I know he's never really coming home again. So she's an ne- empty nester, and so she's sad about that. They do ultimately all cheers at the dinner table, and then decide to go to this place, the Swizzle Inn. They hear this is the coolest bar in Bermuda, and uh, it was a little awkward when they first arrived, because Lisa sat down, and this is when she said to the bartender, I heard this is the coolest bar in Bermuda, but nobody was really there, and it was kind of like ominous. Uh, and it, I was right to feel ominous because then shit went off the rails because they decided, uh, initially they almost played a game. Angie said, should we play a game? And everybody's like, no, we should not. They finally, they finally had a light bulb moment. I feel like it was the long time coming, but the Salt Lake City women all had a light bulb moment, an aha moment, if you will, where they realized like, oh, we probably shouldn't play games with each other. And I'm still waiting for the other franchises to realize that because they're doing these games every dinner now where it's like, who do you hate the most here? Who would you like to die first? It's like these games are the meanest games I've ever seen in my life. Can't they just play Uno or something at the table or some Candyland? But they're all playing the meanest fucking game. Somebody just, you know, a producer just says, oh, bring up the game. And then, I don't know, Marisol is like, who do you hate the most? And it's like, what is happening here? This girl's trip. (laughs) Oh, man. But at the Swizzle Inn, they, um, they do not play the game. The lights get a little spooky. The music shifts. The lighting shifts. And I got very excited because I knew some good stuff was coming. But then it all ended up being this Whitney stuff where Whitney says, so I've read your book, she says to Heather, and last night you were uncomfortable to talk sex with us. 
which was hard for me because you openly, openly write about my sexuality. And Heather's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? She don't know. Um, but Heather apparently showed Whitney what was going in the book. And she says, Whitney, you asked me to take something out of the book. So this was a really quick little detail, but I think it was a very important detail because Heather did say, and Whitney did not deny it. Heather said, you asked me to take out the part about your, was it panties or something? I don't know. But it was something that Whitney had read and asked to take out. So it's like, okay, Heather did give you the courtesy, which I don't believe that Heather really had to, but Heather did let you see it. So now you're just trying to make a moment out of it, and you knew what was in there the whole time, because obviously you read it before, or you read that portion of it before, and it's just such a reach. And then it was even more of a reach that every time Heather was trying to get out of this conversation, Whitney was just chasing her. And I wasn't all for Heather either, because I, there was some awkward clunkiness with Heather, especially when she was like trying to exit this this restaurant. She's like, I'm a New York Times bestselling author, and then she's trying to leave, and she pushes Whitney. But then, like, I think Heather had a moment. Okay, here's my theory. When Heather was trying to storm out of that restaurant, you know, when she kind of, like, bumped into or pushed Whitney, I think Heather had a very clear-headed moment where she's like, oh, fuck, like, it's going to look like I got physical with Whitney on camera. Or she did get physical with Whitney on camera. And so then Heather tried to course correct. And so I think Heather sort of fell over on her own. Do you know what I mean? And then it was like, Whitney, did you guys catch that moment? It was like a very small moment, but I think like, I don't think Whitney then was like pushing Heather back, but I think Heather kind of like did her own Pratt fall back and was like, Whitney, Whitney, don't push me. And I was like, oh, that's, that's actually kind of a smart move because I think Heather realized like, oh, I got physical with Whitney on camera and that never looks good. So then maybe I should make it look like she pushed me. And so she fell backwards. It was all very clunky and I loved it. Like so awkward. Oh, but yeah, Heather was doing a good job. She was running out of there and she, Whitney's just shouting about exploiting the vagina. You're exploiting my vagina in your book. Then Heather tells the producer, I need to have a think. I would like to have a think. Just stop talking. And then the episode ends. Next uh, episode is the finale and I cannot wait. I'm so grateful to these women. I'm so grateful for all they've given us. I'm so grateful to Andy Cohen. May he do a good job on CNN's New Year's Eve and may they let him booze alongside Anderson Cooper because that's what we need. What the world needs now. I love Christmas. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I am sorry we didn't get into Beverly Hills, but it's because I did not see the episode this week, and it's a holiday week, and I'm sorry. I know it's upsetting to me that we haven't really been diving too deep into Beverly Hills this season, but the episodes come out on Wednesday night, and I'm not always able to see them in time of my recording, and so it's a stressful situation with being the holidays I'm trying to keep up with everything, but I'm also trying to relax a little bit because it's been such a hectic fall, hectic early winter. I've been doing so much, and so I'm trying to be a little easier on myself, and especially with the holiday season. I want to have a little time to take with my family and friends and to just enjoy my holidays. So again, this is the last new episode of the year of 2023. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back in the new year with episodes. We're going to be covering Vanderpump Rules this season, which starts January 30th. And then I hope that we'll be diving back into Beverly Hills uh, in the new year. But for now, thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't uh, caught up with Ultimate Girls Trip, watch that. It's fantastic. And uh, get my book, The Jolliest Bunch, or How Do I Unremember This, which is now in paperback. Also, both of them are available in audiobook. And um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Shall we do our cheesy little cool down? One more cheesy little cool down to end 2023. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. 
Hold it. Breathe out. Now it's the holidays. That's right, get on your feet, it's the holidays! And I know I just played a clip that said, get on your feet, it's the holidays, but sometimes I want you to get off your feet because it's the holidays. So get into bed, get on that couch, watch some shitty Christmas movies or shitty movies, and you relax a little bit. Because especially the moms out there, you're all doing fucking too much. You're doing too much, and you're exhausted. So sit your ass down on a couch right now. Right now. Take 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Lock the door. Lock your kids out of the room. Sit your ass down in something comfy and cozy. Put on maybe some slipper socks. Maybe light a candle. Put some eye patches on. Relax. Relax for at least right now, 10, 15 minutes. And then try to schedule some time because I know you're. that's not enough, obviously. But just lock the door. I know we're all at this time of year where we think we need to spend time with our family and whatever, friends. But also it's important to lock the door and lock everybody out of your life so that you can have some solitude like the Grinch. He had some points. He knew what he was talking about, that man up there on the mountaintop all alone with his dog. Because that's a kind of a peaceful life if you look at it, if you think about it. And so I want you to channel the Grinch right now. And you lock that door. You put yourself up on the metaphorical mountain. Maybe invite your dog or cat or your pet into the bedroom and the boudoir with you. And you relax and think about the Grinch and how he was all alone on that mountaintop for the holidays and uh, how that actually probably might have been a little peaceful. So although he wanted to eventually get down to Whoville and give all them who's their presence, at least for a few years, he probably enjoyed the solitude of that mountaintop. So you channel your Jim fucking Carrie and you get in some solitude for at least 10, 15 minutes right now. And then I want you to do it again for a longer period of time. And I love you all so much. Happy holidays. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. Happy New Year. And thank you all so much. Love you all. Bye-bye.